Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Nova podcast. My name is Ailish. I am also known as the Nova Coach. And today's guest is an amazing person who we have here in the UAE who goes by the name of Sarika Coyle, who hails from Cavan, back home. And she has been teaching in the Gulf, Qatar and Dubai for the past nine years. She also runs the Empowering Expat Teachers Community, whose mission is to empower future and current expat teachers to lead personally, professionally, and financially rewarding lives. In addition to being an experienced expat teacher, she is also a certified professional resume writer and a member of the Professional Association of Resume Writers and Career Coaches. With all that said, Sarka Coyle, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ailish. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. I listen to your podcast all the time. So thank you so much for inviting me on. Of course. And thank you for agreeing to come on. You like, for me, I'm so excited for this conversation because I feel like we, we, we understand the expat experience really well. And of course, how you're empowering expat teachers with their careers um, and their CV writing. I really feel like I feel like we could we could get some gems out of this one. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So I suppose first we will let our listeners know how our paths crossed. Yeah, I was actually thinking back about that. I think we I interviewed you for a podcast quite a few years ago. So I think yeah. through Instagram maybe or something, like our businesses, our, our communities crossed, I guess. Um, and then we, we did one in person. We met up then and had like a coffee in the greens. I think it went from there. Yeah, so, yeah I met you in Dubai in your apartment and you yeah. interviewed me for the podcast. And I remember I was like, I couldn't believe that I was asked to be on a podcast. But um, geez, that was about, I'd say three years ago now. It absolutely flies. I, I was yeah. thinking back and I just, yeah, it was like pre-COVID when life was a bit easier and you could oh, wander in and out of Emirates. But yeah, it, time flies. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, time flies when you're having fun, Sarka. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I suppose um, when you think of the meaning of Novatorient, which is to seek or desire a powerful change in one's life. How do you feel that relates to your life as an expat? I think for me, so when I I trained in the UK as a teacher um, and then I worked in the UK and I went traveling for a while um, around South America with a friend. And then I came back sort of unexpectedly to Ireland and I ended up getting doing a maternity leave in a really amazing school in Athen Rye and the staff are so lovely and the kids are amazing but I just felt oh I'm not ready to come back home yet like I didn't quite a bit travel beforehand I lived in the UK I lived in Spain for a year beforehand and I just thought oh I'm not ready to come back I think and just kind of get into that routine I guess or settle not settle I don't know what the word is but maybe stay at home long term mm-hmm. um, and so then for me I thought okay what can I do then to make this big change? And so then I decided then to move abroad. So I decided then to go somewhere I could travel, go somewhere I could save um, and go somewhere where I wouldn't have the maybe traditional nine to five. And like every day might be different and be meeting different cultures. Um, and I know when I first moved to Qatar, I'd never even heard of the country, to be honest. Yeah. And I 
Yeah, and my auntie had lived in, abroad for many years. So I remember my auntie and I was younger, used to come back from Saudi all the time with like gifts. And so I wasn't afraid of the Middle East. Like some people have like certain preconceptions and they're terrified that when they hear you're moving there. I always had a positive experience or had heard positive things about it. Um, so for me, I asked, oh, where can I go where I can still, you know, still uh, develop professionally. I can meet new people. And also I think you can meet like-minded people who also didn't want to make a big change in their lives as well. So you kind of surround yourselves with like-minded people. Yeah. So for me, that was probably the biggest change. It's been the most empowering change. Like it's been such a great, a great step in my life. It, and it just goes to, to show like, obviously using that word empower from the name of your business as well. Like you, I think you absolutely live and breathe empowering yourself and others for sure definitely well I think for me the whole idea of being empowered is knowing everything to make a good decision and making an informed decision so I think that's where the empowering expat teachers came from so having an unbiased impartial sort of source of information and a community with like-minded expat teachers who are so you know community is fantastic and so supportive everyone gives their advice and gives their time and helps each other out just so you can feel empowered to make the right decision for you. So I think that's always so empowering when you know the full story and you can like then plan it or decide, you know, what you want to do, if you're going to negotiate, if you're going to look at different options, you know, to get the best, I guess the best deal for you and the best, yeah, the best choice for you, I think, in your circumstances. And that's mm -hmm. something that I can definitely vouch for because I'm obviously part of your Facebook group and I have been for many years and I can definitely see how you give non-biased, reliable advice to people. And I think that's what's really important because we, like, that's what people want when they're, when they're moving out here first. They just want the, the straight cut, um, real deal. Like, just, just give me the rundown, what's going on, where to go, where not to go, what to avoid. And I think you definitely provide that space. And it's also a safe space to talk about it, which I think is so, um, it's so integral to your business model. I think you've created such um, a safe space for expats to share their experiences in the group as well of living here. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I think there's almost 12,000 members right now. And wow. I very rarely had an issue with- it's Like literally taking a moment, 12,000. That's some achievement. Well, yeah, but everyone's so fantastic. That's the thing. Like, I only have myself as an admin. I don't have other admins. Uh, and, like, I've never, so rare I've ever had to, like, maybe block someone for being abusive or being rude to anybody else or, you know, trying to do something unethical or, you know, honestly, it's like such a great community. And if there's any issue, people report things to me and that's fine. But I know other groups, they're, they're way smaller. They have so many issues, like, with members being rude or bullying or using harassment or, you know, being nasty to each other whether that space people are so yeah people are just great I think people really want to help each other you know and I, I do feel quite strongly about it I think as well when I think about even Irish teachers like when I look I've, I actually only ever taught in Ireland for six months and um, for that maternity leave but I see like so many people I know um, and friends of friends who are working in Ireland on short-term maternity leaves half hours no permanent job you know not able to get a mortgage having to pay huge rent having to take a second job, third job to survive. And I just think, you know, to feel empowered, like in the profession, to be able to come abroad and get the respect they deserve, you know, and get the permanent contract and get that security and get some, con you know, consistent income. 
I think it's so important. Like I just, yeah. Sometimes I look at teaching in Ireland, I think it's a, you know, it's, it's a tough gig, you know? It is. And I think it's, um, I think it's a, a sore point for some people as well. And I think that's obviously the, the other side of the coin then that draws people over here is that security and that obviously, especially for secondary teachers to be able to have that ability to have a permanent contract. Like I feel Absolutely. it's massive in secondary teaching, isn't it? Yeah. You, I mean, I don't get, you very rarely meet a secondary teacher who's on a career break. <laughs> it's yeah, usually primary teacher. So true. <laughs> because we have no security in secondary. Like it's, it's unbelievable. It's, I do wonder how it got to that point when it was such a secure profession, maybe 10, 15 years ago, how it happened to get it to that point. You know, it's, I don't think I'd ever recommend anyone to be a teacher in Ireland. You know, honestly, I just say, get your qualifications and come abroad or, you know. Um, so what was the catalyst or motivation for you yourself to seek that change and become an expat? So initially, I think it was, I wanted, I love the idea of moving around. I love traveling. I love meeting new people. And I didn't want to settle into like the 95 back home. And um, so when I decided to move to Qatar and then I moved to Qatar and it was amazing. But the backdrop to that was also the economic recession was in Ireland. So that was like such like maybe you're too young to remember. I know, but it was like <laughs> devastating. It was such a, like a devastating blow, you know, and yeah. um, people were losing their jobs after and censor their homes. And um, it affected my own family, you know, and I just for me I, to be able to go somewhere where I could save money and be financially empowered. Um, I just saw what was happening back home. People like the rates of depression went up, you know, the rates of people, anxiety, all the numbers increased. I was reading about it recently for something else. And it just, it's such a huge impact on, I think, the whole country, on the people, definitely on me. And it just made me think, you know, I, I need to go somewhere where I can be financially empowered and never owe any money to the banks, you know, because and have to have my own house as well, but I always have like something somewhere to live. So even if everything hit the fan and, you know, everything fell apart, I'd always have a home to go to. So for me, that really was really stuck in my mind. I think it just, like I know I'm into saving and all that, but I think it's always been in the back of my mind that things can be taken away from you so easily. And I do believe that everyone is really only one paycheck away from homelessness and you see that like the rate of homelessness again so I'm bringing up all these <laughs> issues in Ireland but like the right. number of people who are homeless in Ireland you know yeah huge you right. know yeah so, yeah hmm. it's a real issue for me, that was what you're saying there like I suppose touching again on like how you called your business empowering expert teachers that like hmm. I think we shy away from talking about money a lot especially as our culture in Ireland I think we kind of have this um taboo about talking about it and like mm. you know it does bring a sense of security and confidence knowing that you do have that fallback like you said you're going to have a place now that you can call your own um and you know that you're not going to be one paycheck from homelessness so it yeah. is like you said um like the impacts on mental health because of that can be so serious yeah absolutely I think it's all linked is that feeling of yeah security isn't it? it's that you know look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs you know the basic is like security a home you know job security which yeah. things you don't always get in Ireland you know so yeah so for you when you're you're on that plane Sarka and you're you're heading to Qatar 
what for you was exciting about it? Um, well, Canada was ama- amazing. I absolutely loved it. Uh, it took me a long time <laughs> to like Dubai. <laughs> I do love it now, but my goodness, it took me honestly about two, three years to get my head that I was living in Dubai, get, you know, and accept it that I was living here and staying here. And um, I mean, I have this habit of every year, I was like, it's my last year in Dubai. It's my last year. You know, I was always getting ready to leave. But Canada had a completely different experience. It was, I think I, you know, came with the, a lot of us came and the school, there was a gang of us. The school treated us really well. You know, we all met up in the UK first and then they flew us out to Qatar. So mm-hmm. you made friends. Um, I think it was new, it was exciting. I wasn't jaded. You know, it's the longer you are maybe an expert, or the longer you are in that, you get a bit jaded and cynical. I was bright eyes, you know, so excited to be there. You know, yeah. I just I absolutely loved it. I was so happy and we always did, had something to do and, we had our own apartments, so it just was amazing. But really, I think what I loved about Qatar and I love about the Gulf is that feeling of like nothing is impossible. Oh, we're in the desert. Let's build, you know, a ski slope. We're in the desert. Let's bring the world's biggest tower. You know, I just love that attitude of nothing is impossible. You know, I do find sometimes when I, maybe when I was younger, if you're not in the Gulf, but people are like, oh, be careful. Or people are a bit afraid of taking risks. They're afraid to do something that's a bit different from the norm or it's just like fear. And I still find it now when I talk to certain people, but it's them projecting their fears on, on you, you know, but here it was like, nothing is impossible. And I think that's what I really loved. You know, you could be whatever you wanted to be. You could do whatever you wanted to do. And if, you know, you could set yourselves the most crazy high goals and expectations and no one batted an eyelid. It was like that culture of anything is possible, which I really, really loved. I think that was, for me, that was a real eye opener because I got to also mix with people who weren't teachers, who were different, who had different careers, different paths, different, different backgrounds, um, you know, diverse backgrounds. And even like just even meeting people who different situations to my own. I think you definitely become more open minded, become more accepting. You realize, you know, there's no black and white. There's no good and bad. You know, everything is in between. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that just being around people who are different just opening your yeah my mind really and realizing that anything if you put your mind to it you can achieve anything you want to which is sort of what they've done in the gulf you know the governments in the in the gulf region 100% like I echo everything you said like I was just nodding my head as you were speaking like and that that phrase you were saying nothing is impossible like I remember I had the podcast before um December with my friend Sarah Albuquerque and she's a local here she's an Emirati and we spoke about that, that attitude that um, there's no such thing as no, you know, like, and you have to admire that determination that they have here to create it, you know, and like you said, like when you're surrounded by it, you know, it, it will eventually seep into your subconscious and you will start to believe it too, you know. Oh, it, just amazing. I'd love, I think, everyone should like have a chance if they can to come and just experience that like there's no limits to what you want to achieve you know it's really 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 refreshing so for you what plan did you have when your your feet touched the ground in the middle east uh so let the backdrop was the irish recession so i was really conscious of money um and in terms of becoming financially empowered and you know, calculating, oh, how much do I earn from this? And how much do I do for a tutor? And how much do I do this? And so then I set myself this goal. So I was 25 when I moved to Qatar. 
I just said to myself, there's no reason why I couldn't save 100,000 euros before I turned 30. And then that was my goal. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So that was my plan um, to just, yeah, work as hard as I could and do, you know, make as much money as I could, or 100 grand ideally before, by the time I was 30. So that was my plan. I kind of saw Qatar more longer term than Dubai, I think, because I settled in so quickly there. Yeah. Um, and I ended up then, I had the usual as well, like a travel bucket list. That was always, I still did amazing trips. I went on safaris and did Machu Picchu and China. Like I did travel constantly, mm-hmm. but I also, in my head, I wanted to save enough to let maybe buy a property in cash, for example. Mm-hmm. Again, I'd have a home, I'd have savings. If anything ever happened, I'd always have that security. So that was my main plan. I mean, I do love being abroad. I absolutely love it. But I have to say, I'll be honest, my main motivation when I first moved out was was money really was like the financial empowerment and the traveling yeah yeah and I don't think anyone listening to you can deny that that's a lot of all of our reasons to be here you know like and anyone who says money doesn't have a part to play in them staying one more year well they're not they're not really being honest you know because like definitely you know money talks as they say and if you have your disposable income and you can have a nice life with that you know there's a lot of weight behind that in decision-making to either stay or go, you know? hundred percent. I think, and like, I know some people say money doesn't make you happy and I completely understand that it doesn't. You have to have that happiness in yourself, but it does make life a lot easier <laughs> to make yeah. you happy. You know what I mean? Like, the weight of not having to worry about bills or worrying about rent or worrying, you know, it's, yeah, it gives you time, I think, and headspace to focus on other things because you're not, that's not taking up your mind and worries. Yeah. There's actually a book I'm reading and um, it's called Chillpreneur. And it's Denise, what's her name again? Denise Duffield Thomas. And I love her. She actually does, I think it's like money. I don't know if I can say the word, B-I-T-C-H. Something like, she has like a book like that where it's about women and financial empowerment. Yeah. And I really like her. Don't, because worry, she, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I was allowed to say it. <laughs> she's like brilliant. Yeah. And uh, she's always saying about, her book is Chill- Chillpreneur. And it's amazing because it's about being an entrepreneur. But not like oh I want to be like a billionaire it's like I want to have the money that I can chill and that's literally it like I want to have the savings and the things in place so that I can you know and her life is so normal like she just has time to spend more time with her kids and more time with her husbands and she can a husband sorry husband she only has one <laughs> sorry I don't know why I pluralized husbands she just has one as far as I know um but and she can like go on trips to see her family when she wants to and she can work online and that for me is it's not like being like a billionaire it's just mm. having that like freedom where if I want to in the next few years you know if I have kids I can actually take a step back and you know spend time with them not have to work not do maternity leaves if I want to treat my parents to do something I can do that it's just that kind of freedom you know being able to move where I want to and not being confined or constrained by jobs and locations of jobs not having to live in Dublin because that's where all the teaching jobs are you know it's like so many different things you know for me so um that's sorry that's basically the conversation at money that's where that was a very long way to get around to that no, but it's for no. me it's ability to relax yeah I love it and I can hear that you've such a strong value of freedom like yeah you know you can hear that like that's what's driving you um as well you really value like you just like exactly what you just described you can have that freedom of movement and that freedom of choice 100 percent. i think you know we're all going to come across we all have you know 
Actually, I've been really lucky in my international schools. I've not, I've not experienced it, but I know lots of, I'm speaking to members of my group, mm-hmm. the amount of like ineffective leaders, the amount of, you know, workplace harassment. That's not just confined to here. It could be in any school or any workplace in the world, you know, mm-hmm. you know. And I just think to have that freedom to not have to work for someone like that, you know, it just, I think it's just such a nice, a nice place to be at. But if you don't like a job, you can just say, actually, I'm actually okay. I can leave this job. Or if I'm a bit bored of this, particular career I'm in I can leave it too um, and try something else but have that little security that you know you got like a buffer for a few months while yeah. you're going off to train something else or if you're you know uh, taking some time off to really you know, think about what do I actually want to do with my life and get like a bit more clarity mm-hmm. just having that freedom that you're not going to work every day feeling you're tied to some a job you don't like or working with colleagues that don't share the same values as you or you know it's for me it's oh it's all about freedom it's yeah. the freedom to do it want and live where I want to live yeah it's very admirable really it is yeah um so for you what was that moment of realization so so I had this goal um to save 100k by 30 and I didn't tell many people because like you say it's like in Ireland people when you talk about money and I didn't want to sound like that annoying weird you know that idiot who's just come back the expat you know would you ever come to Dubai why don't you move to Qatar kind of you know that person that stereotype that people don't like so I I told my parents I think and I told them maybe a few friends but not really it was kind of my own my own goal Um, I don't like to tell people things in case they try and discourage me and I've already I'd already made my mind up so I kind of kept it myself or maybe someone I trust one or two that I trusted and um, and so then I worked, you know, I did obviously kept my job. I saved some of my rent allowance. I tutored. I worked in summer schools. Mm-hmm. I would happily work anywhere. Like I worked in a shop that I used to work in when I was younger that I absolutely loved, like a, um, that my friend's parents own. And I never have, I, I, I love, I did not mind hard work, you know, and I just worked as hard as I could. Still had like my holidays. I always took off August, mm-hmm. but I'd always mm-hmm. work for July. That was my thing. Um, and then... Yeah, I left Qatar when I was 29 and I had, I had, I reached my goal. So for me, that was like the moment of realization that, okay, why not set the stand, set the, I can't speak, why not set uh, the bar high? You know, but, you know, I kind of had set this goal, but it was more of a, like a aspirational, maybe like, oh, dream goal. And I thought when I actually achieved it, honestly, I felt like I could do anything. I thought, gosh, I could be a doctor. I could do that I want to. But I was like, literally, when you reach a goal that's quite big, that's kind of important to you and, you know, the bigger picture, like you say, the freedom. And then I did it. I managed to achieve it. I thought, oh, wow, like the sky's the limit, really. So for me, that was that realization. It all comes back to, again, living in the Gulf, where we do have our rent paid and we do have, you know, a decent, at the time, I came a few years ago. So I think it was times are a bit different now with COVID. I think packages have gone down, but you know, it was a, a good time to come. And that feeling of that can do, you can do anything you like. It honestly really made me realize that if you do have a set a goal, I always had a time, you know, the smart, you know, it was specific. It was measurable. It was achievable. Well, I thought <laughs> it was realistic. It was timed mm-hmm. and visualization. I used to have a vision board. So I haven't done actually in a long time. But I might, might do one again. But I had always had my vision board as well in Qatar. Um, and just like, hi, just very aspirational. Why not? I think that made me realize the power of all those techniques in order to experience success. 
when I'm hearing that firstly like congratulations for getting to such an unbelievable goal like that is amazing and but I'm, everyone can do it it's not yeah you know, unique you know yeah no I'm sure yeah everyone can and I'm sure people are probably listening and thinking well firstly they're all probably thinking Jesus like fair play to the girl like the woman like you're you are financially empowered and you're you're so determined and you achieved that I'm curious, like, what were the sacrifices you made or were there sacrifices that you made to achieve that? Um, I honestly, I don't think I really did. I, I didn't take off the full summer holidays. That was basically it. I used to always work for July mm-hmm. um, and then August I would take off. But like I might if I could get the odd job back in Cavan, I'd do it. Whether mm-hmm. I was back home in August, you know, yeah. Um, I don't think I really did had any sacrifice. I mean, obviously I budgeted and things like that. Yeah, I budgeted. I, I'm not a designer person. I think that's been a big help. I'm not into designer brands. Um, I'm not very material, not materialist is the word. I'm, not, I'm more of a minimalist, so I don't like to have too many things. Um, I always like went for places that were furnished or I'm not a big fan of shopping. That's probably helped loads, actually. Um, I think, yeah, I just, for me, it's more about the experiences. I'd happily spend whatever on a safari because the memory for the rest of my life, you know, I'd happily spend on going to see a friend for their birthday, a surprise, happily, you know. Mm. For me, I guess uh, physical objects don't really have that much relevance to me. So I never got caught up in that whole shopping or the whole designer aspect. Yeah. So I don't think that's probably helped me. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just listening to you in awe. I'm just like, wow, like you are, you're just amazing with what you've achieved. Like, do, do you feel proud of yourself? Um, yeah, yeah, I know I do. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's important that you do acknowledge that for yourself because you should be really proud of yourself. I'm really happy that I set myself a goal and I achieved it. I think that was like really changed my mindset as regards a lot of things. I think that was really, really important. Um, and actually, interestingly, I've started a coaching and mentoring course. Um, the ILM, the level seven one. Yeah, because I want to get into career coaching eventually and interview coaching and yeah. career transition coaching. Um, and it's such a good course because it makes me, I have to self-coach, right? Yeah. And uh, honestly, it's eye-opening. Um I think like when I first moved to Dubai, I obviously was, I didn't really like it. So I threw myself into like the empowering expat teachers Mm -hmm. instead of necessarily dealing with what I should have dealt with, you know, Mm and when I was feeling a bit lonely or, you know, didn't like it or whatever. Um, And I think, so I'm trying to get back to your question about the, about the sacrifices and I'm feeling proud of myself. So that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. And I just, it's really good. Yeah. I think to like, take a step back and that's one thing I'm trying to do is to be kinder to myself I'm very critical of myself mm-hmm. but I would never be critical of anybody else yeah. to my friends you know, I'm supportive to my family I'd never the way sometimes my inner voice the way I speak to myself I'm like I'd never speak to anybody else like that mm-hmm. so that's one thing I've taken from the coaching course is to like step back and like think of what you have achieved even if it's you just managed to get to the gym that day or anything yeah. so I think that for me is really important I was I can be a little bit critical of myself and um, so I am like taking steps to look back and be like no you've done quite a bit like 
well done. Like there's more to do, of course. No one ever feels like they're fully, you know, finished fulfilling all their achievements. But just to be kinder and not to be so like critical if I don't manage to do something by a certain deadline. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, would you agree in saying that there's there's a blessing and a curse with that inner critic because it got you to where you are, but also like it, it, there's a gift in that because it, it made you so determined and motivated but then obviously um I suppose that the negative self-talk obviously it doesn't benefit you in other areas of your life no definitely not um I think I've been for myself I very much into my comfort zone so this coaching course is completely out of my comfort zone yeah. um, because it, you have to explore like your feelings and your values and and I think I've, I have a habit of probably like anything that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable, I suppress it or else I just don't deal with it. And I just put my head down, work harder. You know, yeah. for me, I think, you know, it was all about reaching certain financial goals rather than addressing different things. And uh, actually we had a session where we're doing peer to peer, so we did a workshop and we're doing peer to peer. And I've, I don't have gotten this far in life, but basically I've gotten, I'm always in my comfort zone. So any subjects I chose for like junior cert, or leaving cert, which for British listeners, or it's the like GCSEs and A-level, mm-hmm. I always chose subjects I was good at. So I was good in a bit languages or whatever it was. So I never actually, even my degree was like something I was good at or I enjoyed maybe. I've never put myself out of my comfort zone, you know? And I had a session with the peer, peer coaching and it went fine. You know, like there was, I was the coacher, coach, coach. There was a coachee, my, mm-hmm. my friend on the course. And then someone was observing and they were taking notes. Yeah. And we came back, we were in Zoom breakout rooms, and then we came back and we had to give feedback. Yeah. And this is very much the first time I've ever done it. Because um, it's only early days when you started, like Jan. And uh, every, some people were giving feedback, and not everyone, some people were giving feedback, and oh, that was so powerful, that was amazing. Oh, you know, thank you so much, powerful questions, such an insight. Because it, it was only like 10 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I thought mine wasn't insightful, I didn't ask that many powerful questions immediately I thought that's it I'm leaving the course I can't, I'm not suited for it I can't do it yeah and that's like something I've noticed in other parts of my life where I've done that where I'm in my comfort zone I'm 100% mm-hmm. but if I do, I'm not if I'm not super successful the first time around on something that's different to me mm-hmm. I quit or I leave it or I don't I just like drop it like if it was a subject in school I drop it if I, was, I didn't feel I was good in it first time around right. and that's something like I'm trying to examine in myself yeah and get out yeah so I actually was I was already composing an email in my head to the course director to be like no it doesn't suit me yeah yeah it's like I'm no good Hmm? you didn't quit the course you're still on the course aren't you no no no, I am still on the course I I had to like step back and be like what is wrong (laughs) I know I was like went from zero like escalated I no, no I'm still on the course and I told them about it and we talked about it and everything and they were so loved everyone was so supportive and And they were like because I in itself for growth right there you know even you being self-aware of that now is going to be a huge um asset to you as you you go on in your coaching journey definitely I exactly and I only think it could it's only for yeah it's only going to be positive you know because I but I couldn't believe it and I'd never tell if my friend came and told me she had that experience I'd never be like that's it give up (laughs) you're no good like leave the course you never would speak to someone else like that but it's how I speak to myself I I'm really starting to be more aware of it and like try to be kinder yeah 
Well, that's amazing. And I'm so happy to hear that you're still on the course and you're you're persevering with it because I know you'll be a fantastic coach. Oh, thank you. No, you're amazing. No, I don't think I'll be as amazing as you, but I'm like, something I need to do. It's something I need to do. I'm like, sir, you're not comfortable. The only thing we can do is develop, get feedback, you know, just keep practicing it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It just takes practice. And I, and as you're saying that like the the feedback of course you do you have to be ready to take it on and um like I think I was like you as well like I there were some days where you'd be told some feedback where you had to really improve and like self-reflect and really kind of it was more of an introspection and like look on your own values and the way you are being and like I think I don't know do you agree do you see this as well but like when I was in my coach training I saw how sometimes I would actually in the early days of the, the training course, I would be projecting what I had going on. And I had to really then like, that's why it's so important that we work on our own stuff so that we don't project it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so true. That's what we're, we're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that's why the self-coaching is so good because I'm addressing things that I probably should have addressed many years ago. <laughs> I never did. But so. you're addressing it now. So give yourself that. Yeah yeah exactly so it's very late than never so absolutely yeah that's so true oh I love that so for you was there a moment of self-doubt once you had moved over here oh Dubai my first two years in Dubai were just like self-doubt and so Canada like I said I had the most amazing experience the most amazing friends I'm still close to and so how long have you been Qatar just to summarize that sorry Four, four years four years okay yeah and I'm so glad the blockade is now lifted or the embargo, whatever it's called. So I can hopefully, once COVID settles down, I hopefully can go visit again. I've never um, been there. I need to go. Oh, it's lovely. Oh, it's like, right? Mind you, a lot of Abu Dhabi. It's a little bit more, a little bit more conservative than Dubai. Um, but it's like Dubai, but maybe a fifth of the size, which I love. There's still like all the attractions like you have here, mm-hmm. but it's like on a smaller scale. And I realize how much I'm so much of a small community person. I love when people know my name. I love like the per- you know, I see the people in the coffee shop every day and they know me and I know them. I just love that. And Dubai, it's a kind of anonymous. Like eventually I've found it, but it took me like about two years to kind of get comfortable. So for me, the when I came to Dubai, I was expecting it to be, I actually had got a job in Qatar to go back to Qatar after I left. So I left Qatar after four years, very happy years for no reason, only that a lot of my good friends had left and I didn't want to be the last person to leave. So I went to London to do my master's because I always want, it was my bucket list. I always wanted to do a master's and I always wanted to live in London. So I ticked two oh. birds. No, I ticked. I hit two, two birds in one stone. Killed two birds in one stone. That's <laughs> mixing up all my sayings tonight. <laughs> and uh, I then I was back in the UK and it was great, but I thought, oh my goodness, no, I need the sun. I missed the expat lifestyle. And I actually got a job in Qatar, but I couldn't take it because they had this really crazy labor law that your previous employer could block you from working in the country for two years after you left yeah wow and my employer did unfortunately yeah so even though I'd been offered a job and everything and they tried every way to like get me over there I couldn't yeah the previous employer wouldn't give me even though I'd left on good terms and fulfilled my contract but that's just the way it was back then I, it wasn't that impersonal it was like all the employees of his companies just were treated like that yeah okay so then I thought what's the sec- next best thing Dubai initially I said Abu Dhabi actually because I liked the small I guess my friend was in Abu Dhabi and she loved it mm. 
But then I think someone, another friend said to me, oh, you've kind of had the Abu Dhabi experience in Qatar. Why don't you go for the big city like Dubai? I'm like, okay, why not? I do like Dubai. And honestly, it was so much bigger than I expected. And just so many expats. I just didn't have that small community, expat community feel that I felt in Qatar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a big place. And there's so many people. And, you know, I really love my school, but a lot of the people I worked with weren't my situation like they weren't my age and single they were either been in Dubai for like 15 20 years were married had their own lives or they were like maybe younger than me and we were like a different goals at that point in our life you know and it just was no one I could like kind of connect with so that of course kind of work is where you kind of make your friends first of all and I didn't really have that yeah. through no fault of anyone it's just the way it was yeah. um, and then so that I felt very lonely and then I guess you know, no one to socialize with. And even if I did, I had friends like my friend from Adabi was so good to me. She used to come visit me all the time because she knew I was feeling a bit lonely. I had a friend who's an Ajman and, you know, they used to come like, visit me and we'd go out. But then I think as well, you kind of get to that like state where you're feeling so lonely and like you've nothing to tell or share because you hate your life. You don't do that negative person in the group. So I was like, I'd rather just not talk <laughs> than bring everyone else down. So I think then I didn't, someone said, wouldn't want to go out because I felt like nothing to contribute and, I guess then I was, I get gained weight, you know, when you're feeling awful, like sometimes you like overeat or eat your, I ate my feelings. And then I was kind of like not feeling good about myself. And I just like a kind of a, I do like a vicious circle. Um, so then I did really doubt because I thought, what am I doing here? I'm not happy. And then I kind of threw myself into the empowering expat teachers. So if you saw me on Facebook lives, you probably could never tell I was feeling like that because I kind of just like got on. I wanted the, this, I wanted to focus on because I wasn't maybe necessarily getting satisfaction from other aspects of my life in Dubai so I kind of threw my energies into the empowering expat teachers community Um, and I used to organize like breakfast and that was cool you can meet I remember that yeah you had the breakfast I never got to attend one yeah I wish I had now before COVID oh god did you ever imagine that would happen like I just took I took nightclubs for granted I can't wait to go and start dancing again go out for a night out I'm like dying for like a DJ at a dance floor Oh, I want. Yeah. And yeah. like when like I'm, I'm just curious I just had a question there I'm just trying to think what it was now I was so enthralled by what you were saying um oh yeah so you, you focused your energy on empower next back teachers so was it was the inception in Dubai or had you kind of the idea of brewing in Qatar um I had it actually when I was in London because I was in I was so lucky when I was in London, I applied to so many different jobs. Mm-hmm. I went, I applied, and I was really lucky. I got offered jobs like in Singapore, some in Shanghai, Oman, Senegal. I got lots of different places around. And I was so lucky. I happened to have an acquaintance or a friend in every other country just from my experience in Qatar. So yeah. I knew someone who'd left Qatar and moved to, so I could always get the like the lowdown on these places. So I could say, what's this reputation of this school? Is this a good rent allowance? This is where the apartment is in their accommodation. Is it a nice area? Is this enough money to survive on? So mm-hmm. I could ask all people all these questions and then I could decide if it was a good offer for me or not. Uh, should I negotiate or should I, you know? And I thought, wow, this is, I'm so lucky I have all this network. Mm-hmm. And I, then I think I wanted to replicate that. I thought, we're kind of lacking something. There are some actually definitely other expat Facebook groups, teacher groups that are brilliant, but I didn't know about them at the time. So mm-hmm. I just thought, okay, I mean, I'll set up my own because there's no real source of unbiased information you know mm-hmm. some of the information was like for like schools themselves aren't going to reveal if you know the good you know the 
the, the bad or ugly side um, and then sometimes like with maybe with sometimes with recruiters you mightn't get the full story either but obviously you know people are working on a commission to get you put into a school you know they might keep omit certain things not saying all do but some might you know, there's always a risk when people have a different agenda so I just thought, you know, somewhere that's unbiased, people can share, can support, can offer tips, and um, not just for jobs, but also how to save more, and um, how to like settle into the place. Yeah. Although probably wasn't the best example at the time, but <laughs> I, you know, I knew how I had an idea of how people could settle in. Um, well, no, but yeah. I think that that brings the relatability of you know when you had the the year or two settling into Dubai and you found that difficult that brings that relatability to it, you know, and people can relate to that and you can relate to that even more so. And I suppose touching on that again, like what was it then that, like, were there any tools that you used to help you adjust in that time in Dubai? I <laughs> threw myself into work. <laughs> I probably was like, I'm going to throw myself into the Empowering Expect Teachers community because it was giving me a lot of joy and I, I like I really like helping people so I was like I'm helping people and it's making a difference and um, word was you know kind of spreading around people are so like you know grateful and thankful so I think I got I got the happiness I needed I guess from that mm-hmm. um, and purpose I suppose. I, mm-hmm? sorry a sense of purpose as well yeah that is so important the purpose yeah absolutely and mm-hmm. um, I did find my school a bit challenging as well, like certain aspects of it when I went there too. So I think I got that like purpose, intense of purpose and doing something I loved because I love, I love doing CVs. I love doing cover letters. I love job applications. I love like matching yourself to the best school and knowing what your strengths are and finding jobs and countries that are perfect for that and yeah. getting the best deal for you. I love all that kind of stuff. Um, and your passion shines through even when you say that, like, I can feel it through the screen, you know, like, and even I remember the first time I met you, like, you know what, actually scratch that. It wasn't even the first time I met you. I think it was the first live I had seen, or maybe you had put up a video way back when, like when you had just began and I remember following it and you could sense that you, you were so invested and you still are so invested in getting the best deal for the other person. And Mm -hmm drawing on drawing from that wealth of knowledge that you have and the connections and the network you know absolutely I think again to me it all comes down to empowerment like no having all the stories having all the facts you know doing your pros and cons list you know in terms of salary but also work-life balance yes you know even like being trusted as a professional as a teacher paperwork like all these things are so important course the money in the package you know but also like just to suit your values the dem you know maybe if you don't speak the language and um, finding the best like school for you I think it's yeah to me it's all that's all empowerment because I think if you're fully informed you you've more chance of it of being empowered I guess yeah and um, although thinking about that I had done loads of research <laughs> on Dubai <laughs> And I still moved here and found it hard to settle in. But no, I just, that was like on me too. But uh, yeah. But you, you learn from it for others then. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I can be honest with the time, of course, it's always a hindsight. I can now talk about it. But at the time, there's no way I would ever told anybody how I felt, you know, yeah. definitely not my colleagues because I was new there. I didn't want to be seen as weak or yeah. vulnerable or, you know, and also when you meet new people, you don't want to 
start off the conversation with, oh, I hate to buy. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, so yeah. I think, yeah, now I can talk about it for sure. But at the time, you know, you didn't want to really, you wouldn't really be open about things like that. But I think now I'm getting a lot more open, I think as well with the course as well. It's quite good. Yeah. And I, I don't know, again, like, do you agree with this, this theory that I have? Um, first of all, I just want to let you know, I have, anytime I get a message on Instagram about careers, like get, getting a job in the Gulf, I always direct them to you. Cause I'm like, this is your girl. She knows the ins and outs of recruiting teachers inside, <laughs> upside down. She can say it backwards. And honestly, like so many people, you know, they find so much information from you. So like I can vouch people that are listening. I can vouch for Sarah Kakoyle to get the best job possible in oh. at least the world, you know, teaching. Definitely. Thank you so um, much. Thank you. 100%, 100%. Um, but also I have this theory where I've noticed from teaching here, there's a bit of a pattern where you almost have to just get your foot in the door with any school. And, you know, obviously honor the contract you're in I, I don't really agree with breaking con well it depends on circumstance I think everything everyone has a different circumstance I would never encourage someone to break a contract um because obviously I know you'll understand that like it can be a bit murky water depending on the employer some people some employers are very easy going about it others you just don't know what could be thrown at you so I would definitely not encourage it but of course it's different it's different circumstances but I would often say to people, if someone is brand new messaging me about coming out here or even a friend, I say, get your foot in the door, just get to a school here. And once you're here, you can put your ear to the ground and you can actually be in the middle of the melting pot and hear, you know, the schools that are worth considering and worth applying to. And you kind of, once you're in the middle of it, your feet are already in the water. So you know what you're doing, you know where to look. And I think, sometimes I think it can be really important for people to appreciate a good school when they've come from a school that may not have been so uh pleasant we'll say yeah yeah desired yeah yeah what do you think yeah now I would agree I think it also depends a little bit on your teaching background so I trained in the UK yeah and a lot of the schools here are British curriculum yeah. and they require British curriculum experience so sometimes that can be like a bit of an issue if you don't have the curriculum, British curriculum experience. Like, let me, Irish teachers wouldn't have that. Mm -hmm. So for me, I would probably say, I would definitely, one of the options is definitely to get, go to a school that maybe, you know, you know, has like, okay, package, you know, once you get your foot in the door, then you can like suss it out for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great to have the international experience because then you're definitely more you know desirable to and also I find there's a lot more a lot bigger trend to hire in country this year I think it's due to COVID because the borders you are closing it. yeah it's and I do think it, it's good in a way because I do think someone's going to stay longer to school because they know the person's already lived in the country for so long so they you're more likely to stay and they don't have to pay you know you, you're going to retention of staff will be higher because the person's obviously lived here for the last few years loves it wants to stay and mm -hmm. um, but for me I probably would say as well if you could get to the UK and get a year or two UK experience, I think that's really helpful because so many schools in the Gulf, I think majority are British national curriculum schools. They follow the national curriculum in some way, shape or form. That's always really helpful to have. Um, but again, it's weighing it up because actually 
if he can just come out and do another school out here once he's international experience you know definitely it's like a stepping stone for sure to get there absolutely um, and you've also then like got obviously the American curriculum and IB is getting so popular as well um, yeah IB is getting really popular isn't it yeah yeah I think it's like a fastest growing um yeah yeah it's getting like, super popular I own my experience is only in like national curriculum like in British international schools mm-hmm. I have no experience in American or anything like that yeah um so for you, was there like an awakening moment where you're like, all right, I got this, this is working for me? Um, yeah, in terms of, do you mean like in terms of like empowering expat teachers maybe? Yeah, yeah, or your own expect- experience. You can speak about one or both, it's up to you. Um, I think in terms of the empowering expat teachers, because obviously that's like, amazing community so supportive uh, full of really like great like-minded future and current expat teachers but then I also have like services I provide like I was saying with the cover letters and CVs teach about transformation and I think um my like a friend of mine who's also like a business mentor um because he has his own business out here in the Gulf which again I love living in this country because you get to talk to people who have done really cool things like set up their own business left like these really high paying high power jobs and just thought I'm going to go out my own mm. and that's really inspirational because it's such a risk to take mm. and I think it's really great when you hear those stories of people who have succeeded you know um, and he just said to me because I think I was like maybe doing I kind of did something during the during COVID like the financially empowered to thought people like we're getting salary cuts you know and I thought I'd focus more on the money um, and he just said to me just focus on like the CVs and cover letters like just go with that like don't like spread yourself out in too many different ideas too many different websites just focus on the one and I have done and it's been it's done really 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 well this year it's been amazing mm. they just like I think also with I started more Instagram I think Instagram is really like the way of the future you know and um, even just getting engagement getting really kind feedback people saying thanks for tips like just yeah it's been really really amazing and it's um yeah, it's done really well. The numbers, you know, of the, of the Facebook group and Instagram are growing constantly. And even for myself, it's great in terms of feeling like this could actually be something I can work on full time, you know, rather than and eventually leave teaching. So that's been really amazing, actually, this year. And also, like we, I mentioned before, but like focusing on your own thing, like going at devoting yourself to your own business, your own baby. Yeah. Um, making your own dream happen rather than somebody else's. And that could be in terms of working with other organizations, but also like working for somebody else where you're doing the work and they're making the money. It's like something that you're passionate about. And then it can also like be something that can, can keep you going, can give you purpose. It's a job you look forward to going to every day. Yeah. You get to help people. Like when people, you know, clients come back to me and say, I've gotten into you for this job or, you know, I got the job. Thanks so much for those interview, that video you had in your teacher about transformation. You know, the interview prep questions, it's like all of them came up or most, you know, it's just like amazing feeling because thing is, I, I'm not like your voice. I'm not pretending I'm them and I'm applying. It's like they do a questionnaire. So it's their voice coming through. It's all these things they do, but just like a lot of teachers, we're not really in our home country. You don't sell yourself. It's not like we're in networking in the corporate world where you have to sell yourself and you have your elevator pitch one minute. What do I do? This is my, I'm so successful and amazing. As teachers, we don't really tend to do that. And, you know, it's just a great way of helping teachers rethink how they present themselves and just 
and help them realize asking those coaching questions to like realize how amazing they are yeah. you know what they do all the positive feedback all the lives they've changed you know all how they've helped students make progress how they you know and something we take for granted we do so we don't really highlight it in ourselves but actually it's really impressive and it's that's what I love doing like helping people realize how how great they are and then getting their job that suits them and their their skills and talents and future career goals so and Sorry, it, I don't know if I answered the question. <laughs> I forgot what the question was. I'm going off on it. You did, 100%. And I just want to say that, like, it's it's so well-deserved, your success. And, like, obviously, the secret to living is giving, you know, and you're living and breathing that, and you're enjoying it, and you're passionate about it. And yeah, I suppose yeah. to touch on what you're saying, that, like, it's all about, <laughs> in a way, like, bigging ourselves up and we, we were not very good at that I don't think um especially us Irish I think we're very hard on ourselves and we we can't be seen to have a bit of notions in the good sense not in the negative sense god forbid we thought any bit of ourselves that we could do something and we can achieve and um you know someone has a bit of confidence um so yeah like I totally totally agree with that yeah yeah I think yeah definitely there's Hopefully that's changing, but you're right. I do think people are, you know, even I find the kind of anti-Gulf sentiment, you know, when you tell people you live in Dubai and people have never been there, immediately like, oh, I don't know how you can live there, you know, human <laughs> rights issues and abuses. I think every country has human rights issues. Like, you know, it's just people's perception and like trying to like, you know, putting like we said, projecting their own insecurities and fears in other people, yeah. you know. And I think yeah. we need to get better at celebrating other people's successes rather than begrudging dare I say absolutely yeah absolutely I mean I think there's enough success for everybody yeah it's not confined to one person like a one organization like there's enough to grind for everyone to be successful and to you know oh you're preaching I saw an Instagram post about that last week I can't remember who it was and someone had just spoken about that topic that like even if someone is in your field like there's enough to go around like we, we have to celebrate one another and support one another and um like yeah like there's enough success for everyone you know yeah and I think that is the way the future um I've a friend of mine um in Dubai actually she's a coach in Dubai and like we go for these walks on a Tuesday and just like chat about stuff and chat about like because she's their own business as well like ourselves you know um, and she's still teaching but doing this on the side at the moment and just like talking about, I guess, also in terms of, if you look at leadership here in education, it's very male dominated, you know, there aren't as many female heads or CEOs of education companies, even though it's actually dominated by women. Generally, like most teachers tend to be women, but leadership roles are more male kind of focused. Mm -hmm. And uh, just again, I think that is a bit of a part of creating your own success and creating your own company, creating your own leadership role by having like my own business or, you know, um, but yeah, we were talking about that. And we're just saying, we think that's how it's gonna go in the future, especially in terms of females in leadership roles or females entrepreneurs, yes. is that it's going to be, you know, we help each other, we empower each other to stand up together. It's not a competition. It's a kind of a collaboration. Mm. You know, there's enough to grind for everybody. It's okay that you do what I do. Like, you know, you're also a CV writer. Like there's enough clients in the world for everyone in the world you know there's, there's no you know it's like just coming together and collaborating and supporting and helping each other up because you don't even have 
other stuff going on that knocks us down without women knocking down each other you know exactly but I think I think that's how it's going to go I think that's where like I see as women become entrepreneurs and set up own businesses and everything else I think it's going to be like pulling each other up and supporting each other you know for sure yeah and you're right that I think there are the seeds have been sown in the last I'd say five years and where women are starting to to um, support each other rather than knock each other down which is so important because like you know like you said you just touched on it there like there are so many other um barriers we're trying to knock down we don't need one another as a barrier absolutely not no and I think as well that leadership style actually what Cass always says you know that leadership style of that fear and that's like needs to go it's like more of like a coaching type of leadership where you're helping people fulfill their potential through support and guidance and mentoring as opposed to fear and I don't know like yeah fear like I I really can't bear that whole like ruling or leading through fear or through threatening or you know or I don't know it's like it's not the environment I'd want to be in yeah yeah no you're right it does originate from fear yeah Mm. definitely so with that said um about I suppose your your aha moment and your realizing that like you can really build something with this. Was there a moment where you had to make a commitment to it? Um well I, I'm still in Dubai. <laughs> so every year I'm leaving. It took a long me a long time to get there. Every year I was leaving. I've always lived in furnished places. I've always been in like hotel apartments with minimal possession so that if I ever had to leave it that day I could leave mm. no no hassle no stress no nothing to tie me down to the place so that it took me a while but I, I kind of stuck it out and um, you know I did want to go back home I did I'm not going back home I wanted to leave I wanted to move back to Qatar I just did really did not like Dubai but I, think I, I kind of I guess reshifted my focus to the empowering expert teachers community and just kind of went with that and focused on my attention and helped my yeah, focus all my attentions there, I guess. So, and I knew I had to be, this is probably the best place to be in terms of empowering expat teachers in the Gulf region. So I knew I kind of had to commit to staying here. This is where a lot of it was happening. Uh, so I guess the commitment I did eventually decide, I'm like, I may as well stay here. So I did, I did eventually committed. I saw it as, eventually see it as home now, but it took a long time to get there. Hmm. And it worthwhile, because look at you now, flourishing. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so how have you used this opportunity for growth in your life? Um well, financial growth for sure. That's and then also professional growth. I think in terms of my job and in terms of looking at and I haven't really said this on my own community, but like the steps to getting out of teaching uh very soon. I think that's been quite good in terms of professional. Um, personal growth for sure I mean I mean doing the coaching and mentoring kind of looking at myself self-coaching a little bit um, <laughs> making amazing friends but in terms I guess of like certain things like being an expat woman here like in terms of dating I'm not sure if I've made that much progress <laughs> much progress when everyone at home is getting married and having kids I guess if we're like looking at that kind of personal growth probably not so much but in terms of my, my own it, like intrinsic personal growth yeah it's been really really good yeah and like I guess like 
I suppose call a spade a spade here like it's kind of a trade-off sometimes that we make as as female expats I think the days yeah. like and I don't speak for everyone but I do feel like um, I know a lot of female expats that will agree that that is a trade-off that we do make, that the, um, the ratio of men to women is definitely in the favour of the men. <laughs> oh, 100%. I think it actually was the opposite in Qatar, but for Dubai, it's definitely this the way around. Why did you leave? Get back. I know. <laughs> I back in the next Qatar Airways flight. <laughs> absolutely i know here i heard it's like eight women for every one man here that's what i heard so oh yeah i mean even like the like uae or dubai oh good question i think it might be dubai do you know what maybe it's the uae and i don't even know where i got that stuff from i definitely heard it somewhere i was like hmm don't yeah. quote me on that Someone's probably going to be like, Google it and be like, she was completely wrong. <laughs> it's like one, one for every one or something. But no, I do think there are, there are more females. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. That is definitely a trade-off. I mean, but again, I think that's important then as single women, then it's important, isn't it, to make those financial, to make the, like, the, create your own financial freedom. You know, you can't then, if certain things are stacked against us in terms of dating, then Therefore, you need to like be able to buy your own house. You need to have your own kids if you want to and be like a planned single mother if you wish to do that. Or, you know, it's like that kind of thing where you're like, then you need to like not look out for someone else and depend on them to create the financial freedom or even just create the life you want. It's like important then, I think, to take the steps to do it yourself, you know, as a plan B. Like, obviously, of course, it'd be great if we if ever met somebody if they wish to, mm. but it's always good to have a plan B. That's like, yeah. That's very well put. Yeah, I like that. Very well put. So, have there been any lessons you've learned along the way, Sarka? Um, uh, live and let live. I think. Um, I have. I was always quite liberal. I think I'm even more liberal since I moved out. <laughs> I became an expat. I think. Um, I think you meet a, a huge range of people from different cultures, backgrounds, beliefs. Um, orientations etc and I just think you know live and let live and um, everyone has a story I think nothing is ever black and white mm-hmm. human beings are complex people and yeah. um, no one's ever they evil you know we're good like that kind of yeah I can't bear that kind of talk where it's like they 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 it's, you know so I think it's really important that to generalize I think that's a really 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 big mm-hmm. lesson I've learned because there's a lot of certain perceptions of maybe certain religions and certain cultures around the world um and you can't like in any culture you're always going to have bad or evil people or unethical people but you're also going to have lots of great people so just keep an open mind when you meet people yeah i would say yeah and i suppose touching on i suppose the people that you meet here like do you think it's fear that's often holding us back as expats to open up because what I can see is, I, I do think it's fear that we're almost afraid to open up and be vulnerable with other people. And we can sometimes have a facade, especially as expats, I think, because I, I don't know, I'll let you speak. What do you think on that? No, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I think when you come somewhere new, you want to make the best first impression you can. So you're like, oh, I'm a good, you know, 
a good time Charlie I think that's expression I like love going out and I'm fun and I'm you know always laughing and I'm that kind of person and I used to really be like that in Qatar I was quite sociable I still am now but I'm definitely a lot more comfortable chilling out my own as well you know I don't have to always be around people and um, and I do think yeah people definitely have a facade and people don't want to be vulnerable because mm. I do think for some of us we are probably running away from issues in our own countries or in our previous past lives you know yeah yeah so it's like yeah you know you want to be open about that um but I would say I mean I definitely the older I've become I've become I'm definitely more open and I do not feel any shame in being vulnerable even like with my students you know if they're worried I'm like it's okay to be worried this happened to me you know I didn't do well in this exam when I was younger it's like it's okay to talk about where maybe you failed or where you've learned a lesson and mm-hmm. um, and also I find sometimes some expats are quite flaky. So you don't want to be confiding someone and open up to them. And then they cancel your lunch dates constantly and you can't rely on them. I found that's like a bit of an issue um, with some expats, like constantly canceling or letting you down last minute. Um, and that's really a trait I can't bear. And can I, can I build <laughs> yeah. on that, if I may? Hmm. Just to add, and I agree with that. I do agree with that. There is that kind of flakiness, but I believe that originates from the community and environment we're in that's so transient, where, you know, here for a good time, not a long time, you know, like we can't put the roots down. We can't actually settle. And I'm like, I've seen that pattern with clients where like even myself hashtag one more year get it tattooed on my forehead girl like like we can't put roots down even if we wanted to really you know that opportunity isn't there and I think the flakiness albeit of course it's it's frustrating as an expat when you're making those friends and you do have that that happening but also I think on the flip side I've seen a massive trend a massive change of people coming out in friendship groups now. Like yeah. when I first arrived here, and I'm sure you possibly may have had the same experience, all my friends came out on their own that I made friends with here. Yeah. Everyone was solo. And if people were in um, a friendship group or they came together, it was so rare. Like yeah. it's unheard of, you know? And it's completely flipped now. It's the complete opposite. You, you hardly ever hear of someone coming out solo because I suppose but to be fair we're a small country of people you know like it's not hard to to know someone here now you know exactly there's only like one degree separation no you're absolutely right that actually makes sense the whole transient lifestyle Mm -hmm. but I do think then it's harder than if you are feeling lonely and away from your family Mm -hmm. your friends are your family and if some are constantly letting you down it is kind of quite tough but to be honest like I'm big I definitely have probably fewer friends here than I did maybe say in Qatar for example but like they're really quality you know what I mean they're like yeah lifelong friends who I know I'll be in touch with the rest of my life it's not just like going out you know it's I suppose quality versus quantity you know it's and it's it's about the values we're we're looking for and who we want to surround ourselves with really you know yeah yeah I'm so yeah for me it's like all about that yeah I'm definitely yeah definitely values are so important in terms of people who are open-minded as well and accepting and I kind of think like me I'm definitely very much like drawn to people like that you know Mm -hmm. and honesty is like a big one and all that Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's for everybody yeah but 
I have to, I do think we're more like than we think as expats, all expats. I think we're, we're just maybe afraid to, to admit it and afraid to, to speak about it and to speak about certain things. I, I, I do believe we are all feeling the same thing or experiencing the same thing, but we don't necessarily want to say it or share it. And um, what, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. I even think like when I was like feeling, when I first moved to Dubai, I was feeling quite low and isolated. We didn't want to complain to people at home. Because everyone would be like, you're in Dubai, like get a grip. You know, it's like one of those things where like entitlement, first world problems, but actually it's a problem for you at the time. But to, for all intents and purposes, people looking from the outside, it's mm -hmm. like, come on, what have you got to complain about? And I, I knew that myself, like my problems were like, people have a lot worse problems, you know, around the world. But I think, yeah, you're right. It's that maybe a fear to like also talk about it because you should be having a good time. You're in Dubai yeah. or in UAE, for goodness sake, you know, know. how could you not possibly be with the sun? So maybe it's that kind of fear of being told to like cop on or something, you know, like not being open about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So we'll go into the quick fire round now. Okay. Perfect. I've loved our conversation so far, sir. Oh my gosh. Like, I just knew it. I just oh, love it. So what is the first thing you notice about a person? Um, I love when people are themselves, like like it or love it, and very comfortable themselves. I know some people, I love when people are like that comfortable with themselves that they were like, I don't care if you like me or not. Like, but not in an arrogant way. Just like, this is who I am. This is, you know, I think that's really, I like that, like about a person. They're comfortable with them, being open, being open with themselves, like when you kind of first meet them. And are there any habits that you have that you feel improve your life? Uh, definitely gym, getting extra regular exercise, so important uh, in just for mental headspace. Um, and I'm trying to do this myself, reducing time in social media. Mm. That's a big one. I'm trying not to like check my phone first thing in the morning. I'm trying to go and do like, reading or have a coffee or do anything else but check scroll because time flies and you haven't really I haven't really achieved anything um and making a routine so having my time where again that being kind to yourself like oh I can't believe I spent an hour you know watching Netflix when I know I've got xyz to do but actually no factoring in that time you need to relax you need to chill out and just be like allowing it to not feel like I have to be constantly working all the time yeah. I'm a bit of a workaholic mm. and yeah I'm, I'm just enthralled by you sorry my mind was just like I wasn't even looking at the questions I was just <laughs> like yeah I agree because sometimes I feel like that like I actually have to schedule in time to chill out yeah <laughs> which I'm sounds like, so like oh, like yeah. sounds so bad but like yeah I agree yeah I totally understand yeah 100% it's so important to not like feel bad that you're not I think the world has now this culture where you have to constantly be working and doing this. And actually it's okay to like, like that book again, I talk about the chillpreneur. It's okay to like factor in time to like, just chill. Mm. So important to like recharge your energy and just relax, you know, I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like you're similar to me because you're teaching full time, but you're also got your side business going on. Like, and it's so easy to get wrapped up and mm. like constantly working and be constantly like, you know, yeah. So what's on your bucket list, Sarika? Ooh, it's quite exciting, actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, revealing it probably for the first time. Um, exclusive. Yeah, exclusive 
Lucy was right. So uh, basically, I am leaving Dubai <laughs> in July. Um, I have to say, what happened was my my school is actually closing, um, and so it's honestly, obviously, very sad. But it really has given me the kick that I needed to kind of focus on or try and like make e imparting to teachers something that's more of a full time uh, gig. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very excited about it, actually. I'm moving back home for like six months or a good few months. I, I have to say under COVID, I really evaluated my priorities mm -hmm. even before I knew my school, my school was closing. Just I missed seeing my family. I kind of want to spend more time with my parents when they're, you know, in good health and when, you know, just like just kind of hang out. I've lived abroad for a long time now. So just kind of go back home, catch up with all my home friends. And then my plan is then to work um, on the teacher or transformation services and add and do my course. I want to add like interview coaching. Yeah. I want to add career coaching, career transition. So things that I couldn't do when I was working teaching full time, because literally didn't enough time in the day to do Zooms and everything, you know. So kind of work on that. And then we'll see. Then I maybe I'm hoping to in six months um, grow it and then come out here and take a business license out here because since COVID they've launched so many amazing like freelancer licenses and different things just so I can still have my I, I think a part of me will my heart will always be in the gulf you know it I spent a lot of my I guess formative years as an adult here so I don't want to cut that connection so I imagine I'll be dividing my time between here and Ireland so that is the plan yeah it's so, so exciting very excited yeah I'm so excited like yeah. obviously we were so upset when I heard the school was closing but then it was like instead of like being I guess I thought this is the opportunity I needed this is mm. like it's an opportunity to do what I've always wanted to do which is to work in like kind of career counseling and CVs and cumulars kind of full-time so I'm very excited yeah I can't I'm wait Victoria I can't wait to, like girl yeah. I'm telling you once you're um finished teaching I can only imagine what you would achieve especially you've got this far while holding down a full-time job like girl kudos Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm just so excited to be my own boss as well. That's like my biggest, my, one of my main motivators. I love, I love, I'm such a, I, I'm probably more of like a working on my own than I am a team player for sure. I just love like have my own goals and I know I can rely on myself. And that's one of my things I'm going to work on is actually getting a virtual assistant that can do like the admin tasks. That's my plan because I'm like right now it's, it's all me and I want to control it. So I'm like, no, I have to like trust other people to like, you know, yeah, and so, yeah, exactly. Delegate a bit more, especially the tasks that can be done by like a, a VA a virtual assistant. And then I can focus more on like making my services the best they can possibly be, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah, but, that's the plan. Oh, no, it's a great plan. And what are you most grateful for in life? Um, I would say my family and friends for sure. I think without them, I wouldn't have anything. Um, my family are so supportive like they're really really amazing they they've always been so supportive and I'm very lucky that I've never had any questions about pressure to come home I've never had you know maybe when you get married or when you know there's never my parents are like you know you're doing great but they never they're really fantastic yeah they're really supportive both are really hard workers so I saw that work ethic and yeah. um, very independent um, I'm very supportive like you know I always knew if, even if it didn't work out I can always go back home you know that's always the door is always open and um, and also like they only ever give advice and I know they have like their own 
you know, like think about any parent, if you're like a teacher in a secure job and then you're leaving to do your own thing, that's like scary. It's not really in our, my mom's a teacher as well. It's not really in our nature to be risk takers. And, you know, so I think they've not said anything. They've always been supportive. They've never projected any kind of fears they had on me or discouraged me from doing my own, like my own business. So that's been really fantastic. Um, that's amazing so yeah, I mean, that they have encouraged yeah. you and you've had that support, you know, because I think having that foundational support is so important for confidence and knowing that um, there's no self-doubt there and there's no doubt coming externally as well from those closest to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they were a bit fearful and a bit like, oh, but they didn't say it to me. <laughs> that was the important thing. They're allowed to feel what they want to feel for sure yeah. because they're a different generation. You know what I mean? Uh, but they'd never ever put it on me and that's I'm so grateful for that like they're always so supportive and my success is like their success you know they're always so happy for me when I can tell them I've done different things and um, yeah I think that, that support and that like having that like family support is so important because if even if everything goes bad goes wrong you'll always have like my family to rely on so yeah. and I'm my friends as well proud of you as well yeah they are I think yeah sure and they'll be delighted to hear I'm going to still be in Dubai because they really were so devastated this year they couldn't get back out with COVID <laughs> they were dying to get back out because before I moved home they were like oh we gotta have a good holiday in I'm yeah. with COVID oh I know I put everything on hold you know so yeah keep, keep one foot in Dubai one foot in Kevin exactly <laughs> so well, similar what a contrast <laughs> I know it's gonna say exactly <laughs> find a, a Burj Khalifa and Kevin <laughs> well let me think we do have <laughs> I get the cathedral. That's a really <laughs> high spire. I don't think I don't think he can go to the top, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, was there any uh, content you consumed that I suppose influenced a positive change in your life? And it could be anything from a book to a documentary to an inspiring person. Ooh, um, probably lots of inspiring people who wouldn't necessarily be famous I guess like people who I meant who I met when I was in Qatar people who were um, in different lines of work who were very successful were quite probably financially secure and wealthy and they're like it's always good to people like that who are mentors who are good with money themselves because honestly you learn so much from them um, mm. but in terms of like books definitely um Anne Wilson has a book called The Well Chef I remember I ordered that when I was in London doing my master's getting ready to go back out to the Middle East and I thought oh you know she's all about making your money work for you creating assets that generate money so you don't have to work all the time so like real estate or you know um stocks and shares creating products that you can sell so she was really opened up my eyes to the potential um, and then Andrew Hallam who I always go on who I always talk about who I love he's like a wrote the millionaire expat that's a really brilliant book about how to like invest for the future um, as an expat and he's actually a teacher himself he was a teacher in Singapore mm -hmm. he's a Canadian and now he's like a full-time well he's a millionaire but also he goes around and speaks and you know to mm -hmm. teachers and the one I talked to you about Denise Duffield Thomas the Chillpreneur that's a brilliant book for anyone who's setting a business and but wants to have it to do it to have more time for themselves mm -hmm. that is such a great book and even as well she has the whole like money blocks women often undercharge for different things like she's really brilliant yeah it's really oh, really I'll have to check it out oh honestly and she got free resources to go with it and they're brilliant resources they're like google doc worksheets and stuff yeah she's really brilliant book yeah really amazing thank you for sharing anything else 
inspire you? Um, I like as well Robert Kawasaki, I think his name is. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's a brilliant book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have you read that one? It's mm -hmm. so, so good. Yeah, about like just how the other half lives kind of thing. Just giving you like an, yeah, it's a really, really brilliant book as well. Yeah, very good. Podcast. I love your podcast. <laughs> uh, it's such a great podcast. I love it. Listening to all different expat stories. It's amazing. Um, that's really, I think, actually. Yeah, probably. The rest are like true crime, horrible, like drama, serial killer <laughs> podcasts. I love true crime. Yeah, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Wow. You know, it, it kind of scares me a little bit, I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, I'm like night stalker like what's it the night stalker like all those documentaries i oh i, I hate scary movies i actually saw yeah. a meme about that i hate scary movies i hate the music the suspense but yeah. i have no problem watching like the most horrific documentary about like a real life serial killer oh it's weird. yeah well no i don't think there's anything weird about it i think it's it's interesting do you know um the series that everyone's talking about at the moment behind her eyes oh i've watched it all yesterday have you um, it's brilliant, brilliant. I'm yeah. on, I've done three episodes, but Sarka, like, you're going to laugh at me. I can only watch, like, one episode per night just because I just find, like, okay, I'm on my own watching this. It's like, one episode is enough, like, and then I have to watch, like, an episode of Friends or something before I go to bed just so I'm like, okay, laughing, going to bed. <laughs> I used to do that, too, with The Mentalist. Have you ever watched The Mentalist? It was, like, no. it's, like, a fictional, but it's about this... A serial killer called Red John and every episode they're looking for and getting closer to finding him and the same as you I used to have to watch the bloopers of it on YouTube to realize it wasn't a real <laughs> not a real thing because yeah. I used to say me like, check under my bed living on my own is my door locked you know yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. oh my god okay so I'll have to let you know when I finish that there's a few episodes to go to so Absolutely. we'll end with them um, your favorite song Zerka yeah, so I was actually getting my phone here to check my Spotify because I, it's anything by Dusty Springfield or Amy Winehouse. Um, I love both of them. They're like, uh, kind of similar voices. Absolutely love them. Um, oh, so say, yeah, I just love uh, Amy Winehouse. I think both sort of tragic figures. They had like sort of sad, sad histories, you know. Have you um, seen but her in Oh, which one is that? Amy Winehouse. Um, no. I think it was just called Amy. Um, I watched on the plane actually. God, about I'd say, geez, I'd say about four years ago. They had it on Etihad, and I was coming back over here either somewhere or Christmas, and I watched it, and I was bawling on the oh. back of the plane in Etihad. <laughs> like it was just oh, it was so sad. That's so heartbreaking. Her story. She was so young and so talented. It's just so sad actually there was a song I she recorded that I love it's actually going to bring in both of them together so you know Dusty Springfield had um will you still love me tomorrow mm. oh, yeah. well Amy Winehouse is a version of it and it's amazing it's much slower yes and you actually can't get it on Spotify you have to go into YouTube yeah they don't have it on Spotify yeah you go into YouTube and you google Amy Winehouse will you still love me tomorrow it's like got this amazing kind of brass band in the background. I know the one you're it, talking about. Yeah, I, that's yeah. like my favorite song. I think her voice yeah. is stunning. You know what? Yeah. There's, there's so many songs like that that are on YouTube that you can't get on Spotify because they haven't been released like officially. Um, but you know, yeah. you can get you can get, it, but it's not the right one. That's the oh, one I like. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Get, you should get YouTube Premium. You've got YouTube Premium. Oh, I don't know. Is it brilliant? I have YouTube Premium, um, and I think you can. I think you can download the song through it. I basically pay for YouTube Premium just because the ads as well. Like, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Oh my god, yeah, and then big load ads. Yeah, and also, um, you have the YouTube original documentaries. Yeah, it's, they've got their own kind. It's a big kind of like Netflix. They're kind of going down that route. Um, so they have a few documentaries that are on it by celebrities that are quite good. Like Justin Bieber's one on YouTube is so good. And Demi Lovato was bringing one out um, in another few weeks. And she, it's a YouTube original. It's only going to be available on that. So definitely consider it. Oh, yeah, definitely. That sounds brilliant. I love documentaries. Yeah, oh, I, do. I love anything that's like about biographical someone's life I just love it love it yeah yeah well Sarika like oh I can't like I can't wait just to listen back to this because I feel like there was just so much gold coming out from you and you know you're a joy to speak to as always and I just love connecting with you and I hope I get to see you before you move home I know. I definitely will try and get to Abu Dhabi for sure, even if I have to do a PCR test. Oh, I am fully vaccinated, so I'm hoping. Yeah, I me too. Well, yes. Woo. And skip the PCR test. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely, we'll have to definitely eat up before I fly back. Time's flying. Oh. Like I cannot how quick this year's gone. It's only yeah. four weeks to spring break. Like, where did that time go? Oh. You believe it's a year. Oh my god, I it's mad, mad. It's yeah. Like I remember like this time last year when our um head of elementary had come into our classrooms and was telling us like to get the kids to pack up their bags and you know, know getting spring break early now. We're gonna be coming back in a month. And I remember thinking, oh geez, yeah, whatever, a month of that, okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, kind of we were kind of like, oh she lads, this is gas kind of thing. We yeah. weren't really taking it seriously. And yeah. now, like, oh my god, like we would never have been envision this life never and also tables of churn so UAE implant, implemented a really strict lockdown in the beginning you remember yeah. and everyone at home was like god that's a bit of an overreaction you know yeah. like, <laughs> that's crazy and then it was like yeah I know and then actually it was such the such the right thing to do because obviously our cases are a bit more manageable and then now at home they're having the lockdown and they're having like their second or third or fourth lockdown you know it's really mad yeah I really keep needing to write these things down. You know, like keeping a journal. I should have done it from the beginning, just like every day, just to show like my grandchildren or something. I've always yeah. like during the pandemic. Yeah. Mad. So would you like to share with your guests, you know, where um or share with our listeners where we can find you, our guests, on social media? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So the Empowering Expat Teachers Facebook group, please join that. Lots happening there. Really supportive, excellent community. I also am on Instagram. It's at circacoil underscore EET. And I share daily like CV, job hunting, cover letter, interview, money saving tips there. Um, and then, yeah, if you need any help with your CV and cover letter, I do have a service called Teacher Board Transformation. And I have a few different packages to suit all needs and budgets. So you can just check out teacherboardtransformation.com. Um, yeah, so that's me. Well, Sarka, I cannot thank you enough for such an amazing chat. And I'm sure our listeners are going to get so much value from this episode. And I'm so excited to see what's next for you in your next chapter at home. And one foot in Cavan and one foot in Dubai. I'm so excited to see you. The Costello Cavan. Yeah. No, thank you so much. Thanks, Amin, for inviting me oh. to do this. Really. Okay. Thank you so much, Sarka. Thanks, Amin.